0: The Bitterfly Podcast, knowledge is food, bitches, eat up. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bitterfly Podcast. Today we're talking to Courtney Leakin, an audio producer and editor and one of my really fucking good friends. I always want to say Can, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's how I grew up with it. But it's just it's, like never, never correcting anyone. Just being like, yeah, sure. You got it.
0: Yep. If you want to find her on Instagram, it is at Courtney, Lea can. can, but it's L-A-Y-A-C-A-N. The exactly
1: Leia, how Lea can. can.
0: she can. Um, <laughs> so this is like a, a continuation. If you've been listening to the podcast, this is a continuation for me of, The series within a series where I talk to people that have really fucking dope jobs that you've like never even really thought about, like, and how they got into it and like what it means for them. So, Courtney is an audio editor and producer, and she does things you've probably thought about, but you've just like never actually like wondered how it works. So, (laughs) let's (laughs) just vague, just general tell the people like what the fuck you do and, um, how you got there, you know, like what, where'd you go to school? Like, what did you want to do before this? You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. uh, So it's really weird. I actually decided to go to pursue audio engineering without knowing what it really was during my senior year of high school because I, one, I didn't want to go to a four-year college. And two, I wanted to be in like the music realm somehow, but like, obviously, uh, like with an Asian mom, like not ideal, especially when your sister is becoming a dentist. So, <laughs> um, my senior year of high school, I started getting into live sound for my high school's theater. And that's really what sparked the idea of like, oh, this is kind of a way to be in music without being like the star is like, you're in the background. So found, came across the R Institute of Seattle, which RIP no longer exists. Um, and they had an audio program, <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's so bad. And honestly it was a horrible school, but I went there for two years. They had an audio production um, program. And yeah, one and not knowing anything, my first, like, I think the second week of school, I almost, I was really thinking about dropping out just because one, I was the only girl in a classroom full of 20 dudes also still closeted at that time. And, <laughs> and two, like, I didn't know shit. And some of these dudes were like, you know, manly energy, think they know everything. And also they actually like a couple of them knew their shit. And I was like, I don't know. I know nothing. I've never edited audio, mixed audio, nothing. So I went there for two years At the end of it really didn't know much until I got a job in the music industry as a music messaging coordinator at a company in Seattle called Play Network and did that for like three, four years and which was dope because got health insurance and was on like, was getting paid versus like some of the dudes that graduated with me like, didn't find an audio related job um, and I did. Um, so that was cool. And then moved to Portland, uh, started getting into the music scene, started getting into like playing my playing music and mixing more music with my uh, old band. And then I feel like I really learned more about audio not in school, but, like, working actually in the industry. Um, and so now, like, for the past, like, seven years, I have been working as an audio editor-producer for radio. So that's so, my journey.
0: So, like, what, is that, what does that mean? Like, tell the people what an audio producer in radio is. Like.
1: So I actually didn't know what this job was either. Um, luckily, I was for with the Art Institute, like, the career service advisor that you get for like a few months after you graduate sent me this job and was just like, I think you'd be a great fit. Um, And I was like, sure. It sounds easy. Just editing audio with like pop culture, like whatever you hear on the radio, that's not music and not a DJ speaking say like, just like a DJ is talking about Justin Bieber punched some dude at a club, I don't know, shit like that. And there's like audio for it. And then the DJ plays that audio. That's like me finding that audio, posting it on what is basically the Facebook of radio. And then DJs all over the world can like go through and be like, oh, I want to talk about that on my show. And they'll talk about it and they just press play. And so that audio is available for them instead of them having to, go get it themselves because they don't have time for that.
0: Yeah, so um, say the, the radio DJ is like, uh, you know, the Academy Awards happened last night. Leonardo DiCaprio finally won an award. He gave a speech about, you know, his thank you speech. And then you make that 30-second clip of him yeah. saying that and yeah. it
1: up. Yeah, so, yeah, cleaning it up. Like, I'll whatever, like, is radio-friendly. And so just think of it as like you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a video. And if it's like a minute long video, like your attention span is so quick on scrolling. And so that's exactly what, with listening on radio, it has to be fast. So like anything less than 30 seconds, ideally 13 to 15 seconds. And so, oh, yeah. Have and no
0: s- fucking attention span. These no days. attention.
1: <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, it's gotten... Just in the past year, um my manager told me like we got feedback from DJs and they want 13 second clips. And I'm just like, how in the world am I supposed to fit like a speech at an award show in 13 seconds? But like you do, so I'll just make like a long clip and then a short clip of whatever. Um the
0: best parts of it. Like yeah, the best parts of it.
1: Yeah. But that's like, yeah, what I do. And I work with writers. So there are three writers and then there's one audio person, me. And so they'll write up all the stories that or like headlines, um, gossip, whatever that you, you'll see on this Facebook page for radio. And then I just like, add, I add audio to it.
0: Okay. Yeah. You, your job is so interesting. Cause like, obviously we all listen to the radio at one point or another and we hear things, you know, like clip of a Trump speech, clip of, you know, um, Jimmy Fallon monologue or something like yeah. that. But um, I never thought about it, but you are like in the pop culture world for a really long time. You taught me about the cash me outside girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I was like swimming especially the first like I think it's only in the past year where our like our what we post and grab audio for for current events has gone less
0: pop culture oriented it's different yeah it's like more music oriented
1: yeah so it's when it like the first six years was very, yeah, pop culture, like whatever top things happening overall in the like, world. Like
0: Courtney, we're gonna have you watch the Grammys tonight. You're gonna watch the Academy Awards tonight. We need you to listen to like the Trump speech or whatever Dude, about horrible,
1: things. horrible. There's so many times where <laughs> I would have to like listen to like a five-minute speech of like of Trump or uh a podcast that's two hours long just to find a ser- like 10 seconds of audio. Yeah. Um, and now it's not like that anymore because yeah, it's more genre based. So the three writers, one of them is a pop and country writer for pop country radio. One is rhythmic and then one is rock. And so it's more geared towards these radio stations. So rock wouldn't have anything about the Kardashians or the Cash Me Outside (laughs) unless (laughs) like it somehow was like some song clip that got Cash Me Outside, sampled that line and put it into a rock song like that. Mm -hmm. But usually now, yeah, it's more genre radio station based. So way less of Catch Me Outside, Kardashians. Um, this yeah, happened but,
0: on Dr. Phil.
1: <laughs> oh, so many Dr. Phil's in the past. But yeah, I was I was living in the pop culture world for so long that yeah, like you and all of our friends would be like, wow, who is that whenever I would talk about something? <laughs> or like, what is that? And I'm like, Yo, it's this.
0: <laughs> Dude, you kept me in the know. You kept me young and hot. Like,
1: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, how's COVID affecting radio? Like, you know? People um, are in their cars less. People are listening to the radio less, I assume, and streaming more now, and YouTube yeah. instead. So, like...
1: It was kind of weird in the beginning, um, I was lucky enough and my team, this radio team company I work for, was lucky enough to be okay because one, we all work from home. Um, my, my team members, my coworkers are all around the country. Um, so that was okay. And then when it first started, the pandemic, people wanted to know about all the shit that's happening with COVID. So actually we were doing great with radio and we were covering a lot of COVID news um, for the like first several months, I think all the way to, I'd say like October or no September. And then around that time, that's when radio kind of got hit. Because now we all, we were all living with this COVID and all of the other tragic shit that the world has been going through in the past year. Um, And so it kind of went down. And this is another thing like I feel very lucky and grateful for because back in September, my original team I was working with for the past six years, everyone got laid off besides me oh. which was it was it came out of nowhere um really sucked but then they hired three new writers and changed the whole flow layout which is why we don't no longer cover what we used to cover all that pop culture mostly pop culture and radios now have been liking that way more because mm-hmm. I think this the new leadership team I've been working under um, knew that what we were doing wasn't very DJs radio stations were complaining about it. And so um, not, yeah, not every station in the world wants to know about the bachelorette (laughs) or yeah, like a rock rock station, rhythmic station, probably not super keen on, us spending two, three hours every Monday, Tuesday night, watching and covering live The Bachelorette or Dancing with the Stars, or especially Dancing with the Stars and The Voice. Like, no, <laughs> it's not that great anymore. But if, like, now, if something does happen, it's already, from any of those shows, it hits the internet so quickly that we don't have to watch it live. And I can just find the audio that night. Um So, I mean, yeah, it, radio got hit around that time, but now it's like, I think it's doing much better or at least it's, it's surviving for sure. And there's no like down.
0: Well, that's good. Hold on. Go back and tell us about this like Facebook page where people keep radio files to click, click and grab and put on the radio. Like, Oh, so like like the product I work for. Yeah, so like, it's co- is it available to everyone in the United States, like radio stations? Do they have to pay for it?
1: It's um, it's a service that radio stations have to pay for. So you, it's called Prep Plus. um, And it's, it's called that because it's a prep service for DJs. So when DJs get into the, their studio around like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., they don't want to go searching for shit they want to talk about on their own and like, yeah, news find that. yeah they don't want to like just scroll through like cnn twitter like there's so many sources um and so prep is i say it's like the facebook of radio because you can just scroll through our page and see it instantly like headlines and you can okay. choose like what you want to talk about on your radio station and you can actually queue it up in this little like sidebar that we have. So, cause radio stations are all based, like DJs have a schedule and they go into the studio in the morning to plan out that schedule. And so they easily just like drag whatever news current event that happened and then they'll queue that up in their schedule and then put like a song and then, like, start, like, a little segment show and then talk about more news things. And so, it be, Prep helps DJs plan their their mornings. Their
0: program. Okay. So, yeah. if you thought that, like, DJs were coming up with their own stories, they're not. They're not researching. They're just kind of picking, like, the most interesting shit that you guys put together for them. So, you're, like, the back end of the content for the radio program. Yeah whatever it which is. is basically
1: like how i was talking about earlier like when i got into audio it's just like the back the of, back behind the of scenes musicians. yeah behind the scenes of helping the actual artists i guess or D, for for this dj's
0: yeah that's interesting i forgot what company it is but you know how like all of like the local news stations in america they all get their info and their like national news from like one company that puts out a bunch of, you know, pick and choose basically the news you want to share because this is what's up. And the criticism to that is that, you know, all these like local news stations and all these states are telling the same story from the same scope. There's not a lot of diversity and opinion there. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what's happening with radio as well?
1: No, because we have when writer, especially the writers, when they have to, when they cover any kind of story or event, they have to be very biased about it in their writing. And so wh- the only instance that a past co-worker writer got called out for was when, um, because it is a Seattle-based company, and it was for like football and the Seahawks, she wrote, when she wrote her little summary for a Seahawks versus whatever game she wrote it as being for the Seahawks versus oh. talking about Instead it of being as
0: neutral
1: yeah you got to be very neutral and like I have to do that too when I choose audio like I'm I can't cut so it up to, they, they have to
0: be unbiased they, they have to tell it uh, yeah unbiased very, yeah they tell tell it from a neutral position
1: yeah okay. because like yeah we're not like you know, Fox News or like CNN, you have to be very, um, yeah, unbiased about it.
0: How do you guys tell political news,
1: you know, from your
0: company? Like, how do you keep that neutral, you know, when you're talking about something, let's say protests or Black Lives Matter, like the riots of the Capitol, like, how do you tell that story from a place of neutrality, you know?
1: It's more of just like, so when the protests really got started um last year, we interestingly didn't cover a lot of it more well, in terms of like, if we did cover about protests, it was just like the there are massive protests about George Floyd or Brianna Taylor, like, it was just like that, and the writers saying that, and then it happened in this city, this city, this city. Okay. If one person died, that would just be what we talk about. It's never just, it's not just like, oh, this is this happened, and then like,
0: it's more like military history instead of regular history where it's like, this happened, and then this, yeah, happens, it's, and it's just, so this happened, and so and so did this, and there's no and opinion do, attached to it.
1: Okay. No, unless it's like a story where, um, where i had to it was a story about like george floyd um and the writers would write it up and it, that from what i remember for one of these george floyd stories was footage got released and that's all it was about it was just police or news whatever release footage from when he was killed and that's all we talk about of just me, audio-wise, I just grabbed the audio from that tragic video, which...
0: Oh my am- God, that's got to be so hard. Were you okay? Like, what, what was oh my- that
1: like? So, because I've been doing this job for so long, I, th- um, in the beginning, like the first couple years, it was hard, uh, it, like with um, the one instance I remember so clearly is when I was working like at 9 PM and I had to grab and watch video of an ISIS beheading. Yeah, it was. Holy shit. So that was like the first time where I, my first instance where I was like, shit, like, I, and I was like living on my own in this small studio by myself at 9 p.m. And I remember just like covering my eyes in the screen and I just didn't listen to, well, I had to listen to the audio, but I was just very, just wanted to get through it. Um, but that now instance wait, fucked me up.
0: Hold on. The radio wanted a clip of the audio of an ISIS beheading. That was something well, that you needed to get for your job.
1: Yeah. I they don't know were, they if- They were
0: going to play that on the radio?
1: Well, they don't have to play it. But your
0: company wanted it to be an option, if
1: they yeah. So that's what that that's it's like we have to have options if they do want to. So it didn't like they didn't have. That's the
0: last thing I want to hear on the radio. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm driving to work in the morning and I put on the morning show and like oh my fuck, that's not what I want to hear. But
1: but uh, like especially for sure, majority of radio stations in the United States probably don't want to hear that. Maybe a, a couple, but our product is worldwide. And so-
0: Oh, okay. So the whole world is co- is pulling from your catalog.
1: Yeah. Like I randomly met my old roommate's friend from Lebanon, um, like three, four, four years ago, came and visited Portland and- I remember being in the kitchen with her and talking about radio and she is a DJ for a station in Lebanon. And she was like, I think I use your product. And I was like, no way. I didn't That's know it was so that cool. worldwide. That's and so I showed cool. her. Yeah. And till this day, she still uses it. And I'm like, that is sick that I didn't know we were that big, but so radio stations elsewhere in the world may, may use it, but Yeah, I had to watch that and that was scarring. And ever since that happened, and a few couple years went on, I got to the point where I would just not remember anything that I worked on. You were like
0: emotionally disassociating,
1: like from. Yeah, I was. Like, I remember like waking up, like doing work in the morning. And then my ex at the time would be like, oh, so what happened in the news? Because she was very not into like the news. And I'd be like, uh, I honestly don't remember. And this was like an hour ago. <laughs> I,
0: I tuned it out because I can't handle it. God, you're reminding me of my interesting job that I had at Amazon where I was doing maturity ratings. For anything, anything in the Amazon catalog, uh, if they have it in the catalog, it needs a maturity rating, you know? Is it all ages? Is it seven plus, 13 plus, 16 plus, or is it like severely mature? And there were all these different categories for judging, you know, so I was looking at like, Violence is a category, nudity category, uh substance abuse. So I was having to watch like movies and TV shows on like three times the speed without the audio, just looking for visual cues that somebody's, you know, about to do cocaine or somebody's like <laughs> is about to take all their clothes off. And then, you know, severity-wise, like um, in the violence category, say, if somebody pulls out a gun. And then cut scene, that's very different maturity rating than if somebody pulls out a gun and shoots the person and they bleed out on screen versus, you know, like just stabbing someone to fucking death and then they're like, they're dead and then it shows a dead body. Like all these things have different ratings. And so I was so emotionally distraught. It wasn't always American film and TV. Sometimes it was international because Amazon has everything. But I just realized how obsessed as a society, like worldwide we are with violence. And it's kind of interesting to see like country to country, like for instance, um, Germany is very sensitive to anything Nazis, right? And they're not really conservative when it comes to sexuality. Yeah, So, Mm -hmm. like, a sex scene in Germany might get a different rating than in America, where we are highly fucking sensitive to sexuality, and we don't want our kids to see things. And on the flip side in America, we're like, yeah, guns, violence, it's not that bad. Like, oh my gosh, I had to watch so many there's fucking like rape scenes. Like, Oh my gosh. One time Jesus. I was one time I was like, Oh, Renee Zellweger's in this, this will be chill. And like the first scene <laughs> of this movie where she's a detective, this little girl gets thrown in an oven by her parents. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is shocking. You know, I had to watch like all kinds of things. Sometimes it was just like a cult documentary, you know, about the 12 tribes, which are still operating all over the world. And, you know, they got undercover footage of them like beating children in closets. It was so emotionally disturbing for me. It took something like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like watching TV for me was a very like leisurely activity Oh yeah. until it became my job. And then suddenly I didn't, I didn't want to fucking watch TV. I had this whole new lens that I was watching TV through. Like if I saw somebody smoking, I would pause for a second and be like, write that down. No, I'm <laughs> not. At, I'm not at work. I don't need to do that.
1: Yeah, no, I feel like because especially a majority of the time working this job, that first, the six years, um, I couldn't, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge reality person, but I could not watch reality. I wanted nothing to do like with any celebrity that we would cover so heavily because I just was so uninterested in it. Like I, yeah, TV for me too, like, cause we would cover um, movies as well. And it's just like, I already, what sucked about, what sucks about knowing all, everything, especially TV and movies is some of, I already know what happens yeah. in like the end or like what the premise is. So it's just like, well, that, I don't need to watch that. I already know um but no it totally ruined it working in a job that is somewhat connected to something you enjoy really fucking sucks
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is Uh, like funny because I think most people are like god damn if I could have a fucking job where I just listen to music and watch movies my last job sounds amazing and I learned like from firsthand experience like I don't know if you wanted to actually do that
1: no it because unless you're super down to make it your job and everything you are then it will work but so my last job in seattle i was i thought was my dream job like i was in audio i was I had my own studio own office i bands would come in like well-known bands um like Sylvanesso Adeza they would come in and play little shows in the office and I would also do live sound for them and then I'll have them come into my office and record their vo- like vocals um so I thought it was the shit and I was listening to music every single day but then it got to the point where because where I was living and where the offices were was 22 miles away, but fucking Seattle, you know, 22 miles is two hours. So when I would drive home, I would just roll down the windows and not listen to anything because I didn't want to listen to any music. um, And I stopped like looking music, looking for music on my own and was just way less creative. Like me becoming... The music musician I am today. Like I started music back in 5th grade but stopped really stopped when I was working this job for 3 years because especially when a band like Sylvanesso comes in and that's who so, I admire. That was so fucking cool. <laughs> oh, it was really dope and like having them in my office. It was just like, oh shit. Um it was really cool but Bands like that is just, they're already making it. And they're like, they can, it depends on the person. I think they can inspire you. But like, I got more inspired not being at this job and making music and audio more of a hobby, at least audio wise. That's why I don't work in music as my day-to-day job, just because radio is so different than music audio wise and then side gig music. Um, but no, it's, it's fucking draining when you're like not super when it's more of a hobby versus.
0: Yeah. The creative burnout, um, sounds kind of intense. It's kind of probably good to have that separation, you know? So do you think women are underrepresented in the audio industry? Like you mentioned earlier that you were the only fucking chick in your, um, art institute, college class, um, in your major. So it, has that persisted? Do you feel still like women are underrepresented in the audio industry?
1: Oh, totally. Um, I, in any industry, that's like any, honestly, every industry, um,
0: especially engineering.
1: Yeah. engineering.
0: Engineering. Yeah.
1: And, and like just, yeah. Audio wise, like, as a younger person wanting to be, say like you have dreams of working in a studio, being the lead audio engineer behind the board. And as a younger person, and especially as a female, um, it's way harder. Young, Younger-wise, like most people who are lead audio engineers at any kind of studio, major studio, like small studio, most studios in Seattle, everywhere, Portland, um, they are older guys, older men that have been working in the industry for so long. Like all of my teachers, all my audio teachers were men. And they, which whatever, I guess, but they had a background like, one of my teachers was the lead sound dude for Rush. Um, another one was the mixing producer who, whatever for um, Animal, oh, I forgot their name, but some famous band in Seattle, like Modest Mouse, all this shit. So they have that background. And to get to that level, they worked so many years, which is this another thing that's just like, millennials are fucking screwed with is just in the audio industry, you have to have a background. And so for women, which there were, there are rarely any women in audio. It's so much harder. Like I said, I was the only chick in like a group of 20, 25 in a class, like, sometimes there was one other girl, but usually where, when I start, where I started in this audio program, there were most, it was just me and not knowing what I was doing and, uh, being very shy is, like, I'm sure if you were put, if any chick was put in a cl- in a room with 25 guys, <laughs> like it's very overwhelming. And so I remember just, when we would have class, if it was in, the, in a studio and the teacher would say something and then he'll be like, okay, come to the board and look at what I just talked about. There, The guys would just rush to the front. And so it's, it as me and some other women, and when there was this other girl in my class, we would just be like, okay, we'll wait for those dudes to like leave. Because a lot of them think, you know, men, they think that they're the best and they know everything. And to this day, so many, I will play a show um, with one of the bands I'm in, like especially um, one band I'm in, Pacific Trio. I started as just like mixing their music, but then I came in as playing drums for them. And when we play shows, especially shows that don't have, a sound system I'm always they I just do it um and I remember there are so many times where I will be in like it'll be a house show or it will there'll be we'll have like a bar show with no sound engineer I have to do all the setup and dudes will come up to me like I remember this one dude he came up to me as I was like, rushing to set up my music, all my instruments, and also the sound before people came to the show. And he was just like, yeah, that knob goes to those monitors, like explaining to me like this is a monitor and this is a soundboard and you should always do this. And I, What I started to do is just be like, uh-huh, okay, and be very blunt with them and just short. And when they're done man, mansplaining, whatever the fuck they're trying to mansplain, then I'll be like, okay, cool. So I will go like a step further because their terminology is trying to tell me things that are basic. They are and dumbing
0: I, it down for you because and you're then a I, woman and how could you know about audio engineering?
1: Exactly. And yeah, they're dumbing it down and then I will retaliate with giving them the AP class. <laughs> That's and what's it's sad. so, it's so funny. It's so funny to like see their faces. You're like, and yeah, be like, actually
0: I've been doing audio engineering for like seven years, bro. And that's went to way longer than you. Thank you. But I yeah. don't need your help.
1: <laughs> I, like I said, I have, like, I'm lucky to be 27 and have a resume.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I feel very lucky and grateful for that. But overall women in music, audio is just... So, I mean, I remember for a story that I did for work, I think it was a country story and it was like Casey Musgraves or like Maren Morris talking about how on the radio, country radio, you have way more women um, represented in country right now. Um, Because before it was just like, what, Dolly Parton? And they were, the chick who I was like listening to, whoever it was, was saying how, to this day, on country radio, it's mostly men still. Even though Casey Musgraves is a fucking boss. Even Carrie though Ander, country
0: like, music has expanded by this many, you know, female artists, there's still, like, the same proportional amount of, like, male voices on country radio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. So, like, how do we get more women into the audio engineering field you know like obviously visibility is probably really important like seeing someone like you talking about it you know yeah it's kind of like you don't know you can do something until you've seen someone else do it so like yeah these little girls aren't growing up thinking that they can be audio engineers because they just probably haven't seen it a lot
1: mm-hmm. well yeah. yeah they're not like you go to a show any kind of concert and who do you see behind the audio board a dude it in a, th- a
0: a dude in a black sweatshirt walking around. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and usually they like look like they don't want to be there. Cause that is this that's right. like they
0: always look so annoyed and pissed, and they're just like hurrying around like this is the most I, annoying thing they've yeah. ever
1: done. And I'm like, dude, like for a show like um Shaky Graves, I remember seeing the dude standing near the soundboard and he looked like he wanted nothing to do with it. And I'm like, yo, you're on tour with Shaky Graves. That is. Like dream job. What a
0: fucking smile on. What are you doing?
1: (laughs) Why are you look like you're so do you want me to do it for you? Like I will gladly do it for free if you don't want to be there. That's
0: the thing. I feel like men are like on average, most of the time, this is a huge sweeping generalization, but I feel like women are more grateful than men, just in general, about things and opportunities and anything related to work.
1: Yeah, because we have to actually work for it. You have to work harder. Overall, yeah, women have to work harder for it. Like,
0: So how do we get other girls into audio engineering? Like, what are your suggestions for someone who's like, fuck, I want to do what Courtney does. Like, how do I even start? Like, all I know about music is that I like it. like, And I listen to it, you know? Like, which is like your, how I
1: started. Right, is, what are your
0: suggestions? What should be my first steps for finding out more?
1: So definitely, I mean, don't go to the R Institute because what I've learned... <laughs> Which is what I've learned as an audio engineer today, and as I used to be very shy, timid person. Like my two years at the R Institute, I was still very shy. Yeah. Um. And I realized that you don't really you don't need a degree in audio. It's preferred, um, depending on like where you want to go with audio. But like at my level of where I am, you could just you need a network for sure, which is hard again, as a woman when it's mostly dudes, but networking and just like making those connections and also just go putting yourself out there is huge. And I actually, two years ago, um, a friend of mine in the Portland music scene reached out to me and asked me to join this panel of women in music for this company called Siren Nation, and so I was on this panel with five other women who were in different realms of the music music industry, so I was in audio. Um, there was one girl who was the lead booker for McMinimins. Um, and then one girl who was a manager for So Far Sounds, Seattle, and one girl that was just working behind the scenes with like setup and managing. And then another girl that was actually, uh, she was an artist, a rap artist, which was really cool. Cause that's also not that popular with yeah. like in a small music scene, you don't see a lot of female rap artists. And so we were on this panel and talked about women in music and how, what we're talking about right now is just like how hard it is and how we had to work our way up. But Doing that panel, a lot of the audience w- were women and a lot of them were musicians also asking how a woman in the music industry as an artist want how do we like help ourselves
0: yeah, how do and we so- help ourselves were there any interesting takeaways from that panel you were on like things that you remember that you were like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, mostly not, honestly, not really just cause it was j- overall, the picture was, yeah, women are way less represented in the music industry and just seeing five women that have made it really well, so, like some of a couple of us, like we're up there, um, was inspiring, I think to, for the, a female in the audience to see just yeah. cause- Usually, yeah, it is mostly men. Just knowing and, that it's
0: possible.
1: You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's funny, what the girl, I think her name is Carrie, the girl that is a booker for McMinniman's, I sat next to her and we were like talking a little bit before the panel started. And she was like dressed up in this like boss pantsuit <laughs> and her hair was done, her makeup, she was like looking fire. Yeah. And she was really nice when we were just learning about each other. But then on the panel, when she was speaking, she was just so boss, talked like no man, or she was the boss of what she was doing. And I feel, I think I remember her saying that because she got to her level of being a, a high booker for McMinimans and, um she doesn't take any shit, which is dope as a female.
0: Yeah. He goes Uh, in and she,
1: yeah, she got to her level. She knows her shit. And especially like if a man tries to mansplain some shit to her, she doesn't take it. I mean, she looked like a fucking boss. So for sure. But um, yeah, like women getting into the industry and just seeing this panel I feel was very inspiring. And then afterwards.
0: Yeah. You got to lift each other up. Like if you're in a position of opportunity, like there's this concept called like servant leadership. And like, I actually learned about it when I worked at Starbucks. Serpent as a supply chain analyst, but um, it's this concept that like, if you are in a position of power, like it's your like responsibility to lift the people below you up yeah right in a room of opportunity, bringing up somebody's name like is the best thing you could do for that person, and especially as a woman, like lifting other women up and giving them an opportunity where you know they' <laughs> if nobody said anything, they might have picked like a white man, but you know here we are, and yeah like, I don't know so that's cool. How do you use uh kind of shifting gears, how do you use audio in your life outside audio of your, in my life <laughs> your audio skills in your regular life like.
1: Um, so I, I do a lot of – in Portland, um, I help a lot of friends and slash their bands with recording and mixing, uh, which is really fun to do as a side gig. Uh, don't make a lot of money for it, for it because if I were to charge my actual rate, which is $300 to $400 a song – just mix-wise, not recording,
0: mix-wise. I can't afford no, you.
1: <laughs> no one can. No <laughs> one can, especially during a pandemic, no one can. And yeah. so when I first started doing that, when I first moved to Portland, the I mixed my band's music for free, but then a band that we went on tour with who I ultimately joined their band, <laughs> I was first mix mixing their band and recording percussion. um, I couldn't charge that. So I started out with, okay, $50 a song. Like that's how you, as a not well-known working in a studio and trying to get into the small Portland music scene. Yeah, you can't charge $300 a song. And so built that up, did that for a few years. And now I think I charge... Like around one hundred to one hundred and fifty a song, because still, still like,
0: fucking expensive.
1: <laughs> still, <laughs> still expensive. But like, I now have the re- like, I have a resume to be like, this is a fucking deal. Yeah. Like, if I'm with Pacific Trio, I am recording, producing, and mixing their album. And recording wise, if you were to charge for studio time, you charge. You have four hours to be in the studio. So you go in knowing what you practice with your band, or if you're by yourself, you practice what you want to record with this, with specific trio, it was all on the fly. So there would be weekends where we would work from record from 10 AM to 7 PM, because some of the songs, they didn't know what they wanted and all that shit. So it's like, you have to be very, yeah, you have to charge less because you can't with this with any new band or ch- band trying to make it, so that's what I do on the side, audio wise. And um,
0: so, how have me- you used your audio skills in your um, like? I don't know. How do you swoon girls? Like, what's like <laughs> the, what's the dating scene like right now?
1: <laughs> the dating what, scene. What's your
0: go to move where you uh, you explain to women? I- your audio skills and and how are you swooning them?
1: <laughs> oh, so that's actually yeah, that's really that that is a move that I use now because you can't, my moves I have more moves when you could go out to clubs and bars oh, yeah. and pre COVID yeah <laughs> pre COVID but and I, but I would also use this move like if I got the chick back to my place <laughs> or if like we hung out out like outside of meeting, like at a, at a club or whatever. Um, I, so because I'm in audio, I have an entertainment system that is geared towards audio. So I'm looking at it right now and it's just, so I'm on my couch. I have two tower speakers that are measured to be direct. Where I'm sitting is where the mixing engineer would have mixed a song. So... I'm hearing what the mixing engineer made. Not from like the left or like the right, heavy right or left. It's very stereo imaging where it's, I'm in the middle. So you and
0: mathematically so be- set up your living room to like have the sound be absolutely precise where you're sitting in the center of that couch. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so it's supposed to be like a 3D experience, right? Like you're not just yeah. hearing it out of one speaker or the other. It's kind of like you're swimming in you're the in sound. You're in it
1: you're in it and because so that's one part of the move and i also have vinyl like a really good vinyl system so you say this the move this move that i've used on chicks <laughs> It um You get up home
0: and you say, sit on my you know, couch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, or like, what's your, do you listen to, first I'll be like, do you listen to vinyl? You Because usually the women I do go after, they have to love music because if you don't, then I'm just like, on to the next.
0: She's um, not going to get you in the way that you want to be understood. No, yeah.
1: no, exactly. No, like you have to have, music is a huge part of me. And so you have to have some interest. And usually- they are interested. They love music, but they don't love it to the point of, or they don't know it as well to the point of hearing it to its full capacity. Yeah. So, like, usually listening to music on a laptop on oh shitty. Oh my gosh! Earbuds. You're like
0: in your car, yeah, yeah. Like your phone speaker turned up all the way.
1: Yeah. So it's way different now that like. Especially on vinyl, because um, some people play vinyl. They'll have like a, like a shitty Urban Outfitters. <laughs> I'm like shitting on Shauna right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Shauna. You said but, it, not me. <laughs> but it's so true, and she knows it. I I <laughs> called her out on it when I saw it because she loves music. But I'm like, why are you listening to vinyl on an Urban Outfitters Crosley, whatever? Uh, vinyl so you're, you're basically,
0: like, you're teaching the women that you're dating, like, that you can About enjoy music. music in a completely different way than you've ever heard it before.
1: Yeah. And so when like, I do... it music- should
0: be a 3D experience where it you... It should. You you almost feel like this natural high. Like, you feel like you're swimming in the music.
1: Yeah. the math
0: in the sound.
1: Yeah, because it's... You're left and right, and you're actually listening to, like... You can hear... All that is in that's put into a song, a record that you're listening to, and so there. When I use this move, I usually will first play Alabama Shakes's "Sound and Color." Oh my as, god,
0: I fucking love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Am I swooning you? Yes, I'm getting
1: hot. <laughs> so I will play the start of that album and. She, people that I've done that to, like, she not just gets just,
0: wet. She's like, Oh my God. Yeah.
1: They'll <sighs> be like, wow, I have never heard this song like this before. And also there have been times where a girl will be like, I haven't, I didn't know like that instrument was in the song. And I'm like, you know, that's probably fucking why you were listening to, you think you like a song because you listen to it on a laptop, but you're not listening to it at its full capacity, at its full range of frequency. What it was and meant so, to
0: sound like.
1: Yeah, what it's meant to sound like. And you can yeah. hear like the stereo imaging, which is basically sound version of a canvas. Because um, sound can move. And so some like there's instances where someone or me will notice that a sound is like going from left to right throughout the song, or just there is an another art form in sound. And so, playing using that move on women that I'm trying to get at is especially women who do do love music um, are like turned on by it, or fascinated <laughs> by it. Well, like fuck my, yeah,
0: you're teaching them my, something new about something they already like enjoy. I think that's fucking cool. Like that is yeah. super sexy
1: and it's fun because the women that i have been in long-term relationships with like my ex molly she who is also a huge music lover and musician um she told me one time that she listens to music and sounds so way differently now because of me oh yeah that's, it's cute that's
0: so cool yeah but it's
1: also that's dope like it, not just any chick I'm trying to date, but any friend to really appreciate, like, cause most, all of my friends love music or are, are a musician. And so when they find this new level of um, appreciation. You're, you're
0: giving them a deeper appreciation. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: And it's really interest. It's really cool and interesting to do that because it's something I love. And to share that with my friends and whoever i'm trying to get at <laughs> yeah. um is really cool because i i basically have changed like a girl that i'm trying to get at i've changed their life yeah, for the better
0: <laughs> pat yourself on the back dude
1: <laughs> you know whatever <laughs>
0: yeah yeah uh so how is the gay dating scene now because of covid
1: oh it sucks it's
0: been covid <laughs> we're still it- in it
1: We're still in it. Um,
0: You and I are on the very low end of the totem pole in terms of getting vaccinated. So it's still a very harsh reality in our lives. Yeah. And um, Um, yeah, how's that going?
1: Dating scene sucks because now, at least for like a lesbian relationship, in a lesbian relationship, it it takes fucking work. Because no... (laughs) Versus a heterosexual relationship, it's so easy. I think. I mean, I've never tried um, to just hit up a dude and be like, "Yo, DTF." But oh yeah,
0: I would say hooking up is way easier for heteros. I think from what I've heard and what I've heard from you.
1: Yeah, it's way easier versus trying it in a lesbian scenario (laughs) where. Um it takes like a week to just text, like say like on a dating app before pre-pandemic, text for a week, finally are like, yo, let's grab drinks, go grab drinks, and then nothing usually will happen, like no kiss or whatever. <laughs> um, and then text again for another week. Basically, it takes like a month to actually fuck a chick. <laughs> <laughs> which oh is my like, god,
0: that's such a fucking bummer too. Like, cause you know, you might make it that far and be like, "This blows." Ugh, oh, totally. Just, I'm already invested like a month.
1: <laughs> exactly. Where it's just like, I just want to fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> which I'm not. Which I'm not saying that I've never had any one night stands or the first time I meet a chick. We like there have been a couple of times where I've had one night stands, got lucky, or got lucky, or the like the first time meeting a girl we actually fuck on the first night um but yeah that's pre pandemic just so in general
0: you have to work for it though you, you got to work, work for, it.
1: for it and like <laughs> you said like that by then get like having sex you are emotionally involved and you i have been just... i was a shitty person like 2 3 years ago where i would do that like get to that point but then what you said, find out that I'm don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and like the other chick still does. And I'm just like, oh, I was just working here to get sex, dude. Um, but no, now it's like, it's kind of weird because with the pandemic you have, you can't date. I mean, you can, if you really wanted to, but you can't date multiple women at once because of COVID. And also there I've had instances through dating apps where we talk and then you, it doesn't take a week to meet up because depending on the person, of course, because it's just like, all right, you're cool. Let's meet up, socially distant, meet up. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, that modality switch though, just in general, COVID or not, going from like talking online, to like meeting each other in person It's just so fucking weird. Like, oh, it's so ne- weird. You just never know how it's gonna go.
1: Oh yeah, because like like this one girl, um, we actually were talking for like two days and then went on a like a socially distanced date, but ended up making out at the end of the night. <laughs> 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 because it's just like, yeah, it's it's different now versus it's somewhat different versus pre pandemic. And then the second time we hung out, it's like we Portland went on another lockdown and we wanted to hang out. So it was just like, okay, you can come over to my place. So she came over here and which is just so weird because usually you can go to a bar and there'll be other people around other stimulation. But when you're here or just with another person you just met, you really have to like eye contact it. It's
0: just the two
1: of us. <laughs> oh, totally. So so it can even so then it's just like, okay, I can't really I like you, don't really know much about you, but I wanna keep learning, but so I have to kind of only focus on you and maybe one or two other girls, depending on how big your bubble and their bubbles are. And then that that's why I've seen a lot of relationships who that start during a, this pandemic they either end fast or they like get into relationship quickly like after yeah. a week meeting on tinder or hinge or bumble it's just like they're already shacked up um yeah but yeah it's way different and yeah. breakups on the other hand also fucking shitty uh- <laughs> yeah.
0: well we're all fucking depressed it's like you got oh, totally. a lot a sympathy for people like People are going through like quarantine fatigue and reevaluating their lives in the whole new fucking way. And like our anxious and avoidant behaviors are coming out. Oh, totally. Like, I think we're all just playing out our fucking childhood traumas in our relationships.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like meeting someone new or breaking up during a pandemic, especially like, actually both. Um, Some of the girls I've been talking to, we will be talking or, or hanging, and then all of a sudden, like they disappear. And most of the time, <laughs> the pandemic
0: ghost. This is a it's new the term. The pandemic <laughs> ghost. This is a new term, you guys. If you're listening and you've been <laughs> pandemic ghosted and you didn't know what to call it, is when someone stops talking to you completely out of the blue because they can't fucking handle anything.
1: Yes. It's, so it's a way, a way different. You hear of ghosting, but it's just like an you. At least for me, I am very. Like I understand.
0: Yeah, you gotta have sympathy because it it's like I'm asking you how you are and, and they're like, I don't fucking know.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm and not so, okay. <laughs> yeah. And you you can either be like, okay, whatever, do your thing, depending on like who you are and what you want with this person, or you can be like understanding like me, because I mean I started antidepressants at the beginning of uh this pandemic. Smart. And yeah Good honestly
0: like thumbs up to you for doing that yeah which
1: is just like fuck but some people are going through it really hard and need to drop off the earth especially if you don't you start like dating someone you don't really know um sometimes they'll just be like yeah I had a really hard week and my like psyche is not doing well my mental health and you already know that they're depressed it's just, and they drop off the earth like it's a, like I'm like okay I'll check in with maybe shoot a text like three four days later being like hey hope you're doing okay um but yeah pandemic ghosting is yeah people
0: are isolating and withdrawing left and right
1: (laughs) yeah which is I think very understandable but
0: yeah yeah, you
1: just kind of you have to be very under like you have to get it I feel during this time in any kind of form dating friendships whatever um but it yeah, it is weird, but yeah. Have you gone through any pandemic ghosting or like what's what's up with you?
0: <laughs> uh, uh, your girl's going through a breakup. I'm uh, <laughs> on day five of uh, not
1: too bad. <laughs> I
0: I mean I look good, right? Like, you this look is, really
1: like it yes. could be date. You're just <laughs> fucking piercing through eyes I don't
0: fucking do bras anymore honestly but no um yeah it's been good it's been good for my body when I'm happy I get fat and when I'm sad I stop eating obviously so (laughs) it's gonna do wonders for my summer body I'm trying to like look at the positives um yeah I was pretty fucking stoked to like find someone during quarantine you know and um Man, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like, when he broke up with me, I was like, at first I was like, holy shit, were we in the same relationship? Like, I had no idea that all of this was bothering you. Some things are very valid, for sure. Like, I think Mm -hmm. we all have issues to work on. we you know...
1: No, no one's perfect. No relationship is perfect.
0: Right. I could have compromised more for sure. I could have been more sensitive. Um, A lot of things he said, I was like, holy shit, this is like from my fucking childhood. Like I had to develop, you know, some unconventional ways of dealing with things to survive. And I realized like I may still be playing some of those out just in terms of like my defensiveness. But um, yeah, it was really fucking sad, honestly. And, you know, you're like in in a breakup, you're going you know you're grappling with um your like self-worth you know like yeah. those like catastrophizing brain is like you're not good enough and you're like yeah no. and so I know that's not true um it's a big pill to swallow though when you yeah like, didn't want something to end and then it does and, 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 and it, then you're not you giving- said you were
1: blindsided by it right like you
0: I mean, not completely, but, like, just to a lot of things I was. And then also I think it, it was, like, you know, salt to the wound that, like, I wasn't given the chance to fix them. And I understand, um, you know, that trope. Like, if you watch a lot of rom-coms, it's, like, people always say they're going to change and then they don't, you know. But, like, I mean, you know me. Like, fucking six months ago, I didn't go anywhere without my bong. And the pandemic happened. I started getting really anxious. I had some panic attacks. And I woke up one day and I was like, I'm done smoking weed. This is ruining my life. And I just fucking stopped. And Dude. people are like, you didn't taper off. Like, even my doctor was like, you should taper down. If you're smoking 20 bowls a day, you know, keep doing that. <laughs> Next week, go down to 15. Following week, go down to 10. And then five, like, you're going to give yourself more anxiety if you just go cold turkey. And I was like, you know, no, I'm good. Yeah, I don't. I don't need this anymore. Like I don't Which
1: know. is no, yeah. Knowing you.
0: I have shown myself that I can drastically change. And so I think yeah. that hurt being told that I can't hear feedback and react and adjust and improve like quickly because this other person doesn't like believe that I can. So Yeah. Yeah, man. You also fucking, went through a pandemic breakup, right? Like
1: Yeah, I did. And I mean Yeah, mine was a little, I I mean, I could say better, just in terms of that me and my ex are still friends, like pretty good friends. And we both kind of said that we saw it coming. Um, So... It was – I mean, breakups are hard, and it was very it, – it was shitty the first, like, couple days, but then
0: – Yeah. Well, you and I are the kind better. of people that, like, if there's anything, like, good there, we'll try to, like, salvage. We're like, no, exactly. like, people can change. Like, let's fix it, you know? And, like, I think you and I are both, like, less inclined to just, like, give up when something gets, like, yeah. frustrating. Um, oh, I
1: totally tried, like, the <laughs> when we broke up, and then a few days later, like, I – the next few days I tried. I mean, I gave like some space a couple of days, but then eventually try like texted her, tried to call her and like, yeah, tried to save it because it's the same thing as where the issues that we were having in our relationship were like childhood trauma, mostly on my part. And just because we were both raised way differently, but I from the beginning of our relationship, or when the childhood trauma really started to like show, um, she asked me to go to therapy. I went to therapy, and it got way better. Like, I, but it's this, that's the thing. Is just like you, you improved so much from knowing when I first met you. And oh my
0: god, I was a little fucking stoner psycho. Like you, I, were fucking
1: a, you were fucking. You were stoner. <laughs> like you were so. You are stony baloney and you now is just like, so like, you can tell, I mean, you're fucking bossing on this podcast, Thank this, you. like you're, this is, you want this to be a career and that's dope. And knowing you, yeah, back then where you were just going through jobs and now you found something that you love. Right, and I was totally well.
0: codependent. I, yeah. Like, I've definitely, like, honed in on, you know, like, my independency and, like, being fine on my own. And so. It,
1: exactly. Uh, so, so, like, to – for a breakup, at least for my breakup, we we were together for two and a half years-ish. And the la- the first – throughout those years – I worked on my going to therapy, my childhood trauma and how I react to things that she is not used to because she grew up in this like actual picture perfect family where she never heard her parents fight or raise their voice. Like they talk about their emotions. I wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. My mom is very much like would get angry, yell at me or my sister or both of us at the same time. And then how like would completely forget about what she was mad about or she just never talked about it versus my ex wanting to talk about it and me thinking everything's fine. But yeah, that childhood trauma, uh, but no, we were still, it was just shitty, it was a shitty breakup. All breakups are shitty but we're still good friends. I mean, I'm in her fucking band. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we talk and no, it's dope. But I I feel like my pandemic breakup was way easier than what (laughs) yours was, which I'm sorry that it it was like you had to go through that because that's fucking shitty that you, knowing you, I mean, it sounds like this dude didn't know shit about your past because to say that or to feel that you can could, couldn't change is like, yo, everyone has childhood trauma and it's gonna come up,
0: especially during a pandemic. I don't know. I yeah, like
1: you can't. It'll come up more. With
0: depression for sure.
1: Yeah, we're um, all dealing with some shit, and like you have. He wasn't. Fuck that dude.
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> all you can do is like hear feedback and criticism and like try to learn from it right and move on and yeah uh it's just been um a piling on I have a very very long list of things that I can improve on um dude
1: but you've improved (laughs) not it's not a long list because like I wouldn't say it's a long list. Well, it's a
0: permanent list, right? Like I will fix something and there will be something else. And that's life is like, we're we're going up a spiral staircase round and round and round. And maybe you come back around again and it looks similar, but you're actually like a step up. And so, yeah, I don't think we ever get to a perfect place where it's like, okay, I'm perfect now. My no. communicating and dealing with stress and compromising is perfect, and now I'm ready for a relationship. Like if we all waited until we were perfect to date, we would it never date. Work. We would never fucking date. No. So it's um, it's okay, and um, yeah, I. Uh, I know five, it's hard. day five isn't as hard as day one. You know, it's yeah, it's very for fresh. sure.
1: Um, and like. I understand why, like, how you've grown so much um, from being a stoner to where you are today and to, like, finally find a dude that, I mean, I've only met him once, but... So
0: emotionally supportive. Um,
1: yeah, and yeah. You, were, you were so happy, and <laughs> you guys yeah. vibed off each other so well, and he's funny, but that's also... Like, I can say this shit, and you can probably be like, yeah, I miss him. But (laughs) no, um, because you miss him because this was your dating past. All the dudes I've known that you've dated were totally different. Yeah, Like, they did not bring out the best – of you, like maybe that's because you were a stoner at the time. But I don't think I think that it would still be the same. Cause Dog, you, this is
0: the first relationship I ever had where I wasn't high the whole time. Like I was just fucking me.
1: Yeah, and, but
0: like you know, I'm the best version of me I've ever been. Is still not fucking good enough. So I like, got no, work to do.
1: No, it's. I think it's more that you. I mean, everyone has work to do. You have that whatever list you need to prove on, but it's way less severe and shit will come up. Like you said, it, like to me, for me too, like no, childhood trauma is very much of a thing because it's during your, like brain development, so it sticks oh, yeah. with you. Right, it like, sticks with you forever.
0: You um, can work through it, but yeah, the way that you were treated as an infant—you know, with the first people that you ever like loved and trusted—that that's very formative. It's very yeah. like it builds a very strong foundation. Um, that, you know, we, we all should be working on it and we're going to grow. But I think in times of like stress during maybe a pandemic or a quarantine, you know, you, you might regress in your progress, uh, totally in the progress. <laughs> yeah. Backslide, whatever, as long as you can like cut yourself and move forward. Yeah. Like- yeah.
1: And I think, like I said, this dude was the first, not just the first relationship where you weren't high, but like the first person you were like oh this person is fun to be around and uh bring like I'm having a great time and I'm laughing all the time but so getting that after your two the two exes I know of for you that could like seeing it from that perspective and it's like wow
0: what I'm looking for you know
1: yeah, so but I hope you know that like that is just a taste. And just because it was that was the first dude you've ever dated that you really like, wow, like this is the type of dude that I need in my life. Yeah. That's just one guy. Like yeah. th- there are many other dudes that I think <laughs> that you I was gonna say something really mean. But <laughs> there
0: is more fish in the sea, you know? Yeah, and
1: that's how I feel. Like my ex, I thought She was not like, not, not, I thought she was the perfect person. Yeah. Perfect in terms of she loved music. She was perfect for you. Yeah. Like things that I didn't look for or that I knew I wanted, but never really had as an expectation or a deal breaker. Um, Yeah. Her being in music, her was a huge thing. Her loving dancing. I was just like, I'm never going to find another girl like Isn't this it,
0: like so dope when you find someone and you're like holy shit I didn't even know I was like looking for this in a person but this is rad you know
1: yeah but yeah. that's the thing is like wow they do exist
0: yeah you know what they you're do. a badass bitch Courtney
1: and you you're am. gonna
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna find just what you're looking for and in the meantime you know like I think all we can do is like work on ourselves right And hope that someone someday has a fucking courage to give you a chance. And if he fucked up, to let you change and like. Yeah,
1: you don't need this dude. (laughs) This dude was, yeah, if he like couldn't understand your change and like be willing to understand that people do change and it's just gonna take work and a relationship is a part, like a two, it's a fucking job where you two are the CEOs and you have to work together. You're going to find some dude just like the traits that you liked in that, this past dude that has way better traits. Um,
0: Wouldn't it be nice if you could take like your favorite things from every relationship you've ever had and put them in one person.
1: It's just like. Oh my God. That'd be so (laughs) lit. (laughs)
0: That'd be so fucking lit. Oh my gosh.
1: Wait, so are you pandemic going to pandemic date? or try anytime soon. I mean, I know it's Ugh. fresh, but I mean, like I move fast. That's who I am.
0: You are, you swim fast girl. Um, I am kind of like in this place where like thinking about downloading a dating app makes me feel nauseous. Like I just,
1: it's, I don't wanna, it's hard.
0: I don't want to sift through bullshit. And I don't want to, I don't, I just, I'm abstaining. I don't know like that that could change tomorrow or in a month or in a year I'm not sure but to be honest like it is really sad when you you know like (laughs) your single mind goes to like that fuck list in your head of like okay who's on like the roster like (laughs) and then you can
1: sub in (laughs) and
0: then you realize the roster is fucking empty you cut everyone from the team you you were like no I'm in a relationship I don't (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I think I'm
0: dropping out and then it's like, well, here I am back again. And I, yeah. So I'm going to need some fresh meat and I'm not ready to find it. And I don't know when I will be because I'm, dude, it's really fucking when you love yourself and you start like loving, spending time alone, it's like really fucking hard to compete with that. You know, I would have to find someone who is really dope to convince me to date because I just- I'm I'm good on my own. I don't need it. And I think
1: that's like a plus coming out of this pandemic is that you start to like, because if we were pre-pandemic, like when my, like your breakup right now, I'd be like, Em, we're going to, we're going to the bar. (laughs) We're going, we're going, and we're going to drink our problems. Best
0: way to get over someone is to get under someone else. That was a pre-COVID piece of advice for a breakup.
1: Exactly. You can't do that shit now. You can't do it anymore. And also, it never works out. Like all past breakups pre-pandemic, I'd go out. I remember my friends in Seattle taking me out after a breakup and me waking up in my studio apartment with like no clothes on. (laughs) <laughs> um, like all the lights off, me remembering that I came in with all the lights on and just feeling way more shitty because it's just delaying the that time of sadness that does suck in this breakup that I went through, through a pandemic did suck that time, but oh, wow. I learned so much more and you, like just hitting it head on versus delaying it with alcohol. And that's and the thing breakdown. is
0: like without weed, you know, I think old me would have been like, eh, I'm going to smoke and like spend, you know, an hour or two not thinking about this. And like, I'm fucking sober as hell. I am literally raw dogging reality. Like every fucking day <laughs> I am just getting like out here, like, I'm sitting with this shit. It is uncomfortable. You know, it's been like solid. If I'm not sleeping, I'm dealing with it kind of thing. There's no escape. Like I really want to do whippets or something fun, but I'm just like, I need to work through this. And, you know, you're never like, you're just putting it off. If you want to get fucked up, if you want to like escape into like sex or drugs or alcohol or whatever to deal with something painful, like you're just putting a pause on it. You're not making, you're not lessening the pain. No. So I would say that's, like, a big aspect of my growth is, you know, old me would have been, like, you know, head deep in fucking whatever I could get my hands on in this fucking town. Totally. And COVID me is, like, no, sit with it. Meditate Yeah. Like, let's figure out, like, why this is upsetting, you know?
1: So- yeah, and I, th- I feel like, yeah, you're on day five, and <laughs> you look – I mean, sound, you look great. So if it was, like, yeah, pre-pandemic or you while you were – a stoner i'm sure this set you right now would be like day 14 or some shit Could we yeah. just be partying
0: <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'd be putting off everything so oh god fuck everything related to like dating and covid and shit but let's go back to you let's switch gears so like one thing i think that's dope about you is that you work with something you love right like Back to the audio producer shit. But you're also like a musician and producer for like small indie bands on the side. And mm-hmm. you work with them because you know that someday they're going to hit it big. And right now they just can't afford you. But eventually, like say when Pacific Trio like blows the fuck up, which they will, everyone, if you haven't heard of Pacific Trio, like look them up on Spotify right now. They're just-
1: I, Okay, side note, I did not do the album, their EP that's on Spotify. I just oh, want to okay. put that out. Okay, you're because- just doing their next album. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so sorry, sidebar, check them out Pacific Trio. Like, hit up your Spotify, whatever, YouTube. I don't know where they're at exactly, but they've got yeah, four songs out and it, they're fucking dope. Like, I've just been on, on the edge of my seat waiting for more. So, oh, yeah,
1: they're really good. They're the, the, really good. The stuff I have that we've been waiting to put out, like, we were going to put an EP out from a live show we did back in December 2019. Um, but then you know pandemic hit and there are four of us so it's pretty hard to like get us all together yeah. um and review what i have mixed and that's ready but no like you said with the bands i do work with um it's not like it's cool that they come to me and i do but they've all they're they're all bands that i think can make it especially. And they're- the <laughs>
0: Even though they can't pay you, like, you know that someday they're going to blow up and that'll be on your resume that you, like, mastered and were a part of. Exactly. growing this band. And, um, but so because, like, that passion project doesn't pay, you do audio engineering to pay your bills and have health insurance. And, like, the producing and being a musician on the side is just, like, for love.
1: For For love, love yeah. And that's why, like, with them obviously gave him a homie discount also because it's just like I am in the band. Um, but yeah, like you said, I know that when this album finally, cause people always ask us, always ask them when is when is going to, they know that we've recorded an album since 2019, since the summer of 2019. And so I have a lot of it. I can listen to it. It sounds really good. Um, and I tell them like, you don't need to pay me now because I know they can't pay, because it's a whole album. Even though I'm giving them a homie discount, it's gonna be a lot of money at yeah. the end um, because I recorded, mixed, produced. Uh, all. I'm gonna do all of that. But I know at the end when it is finally out, my name is gonna be on it as the person who helped put it together and what it sounds like. So like that will help with anyone else like, because they're a huge band in Portland and, and in Washington, that will get people who are in audio or in the industry to, or it, as a musician. You'll get some recognition like,
0: from your work Yeah.
1: And but. then that's when I can start charging a little more and more and more. But with yeah. this one, especially, like, I know it's going to be good. And I can't, yeah, I can't charge hella money. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about <laughs> Drugs.
1: I like how you're just like as if you just took a bong rip (laughs) drugs
0: (laughs) so I don't anymore but I feel like that's kind of like a thing right is that like drugs help people (laughs) be better musicians um, uh,
1: yeah, for some people, it can. What's up um, with
0: that? Do you agree? Do you use drugs to enhance <laughs> your like creative abilities?
1: I do. I do. Um, it's, or you
0: have in the past?
1: I have. Well, it's it's like I've I've done uh, many kinds of drugs just to see what I like <laughs> for certain things because I like I audio editor producer engineer for radio it's inherently
0: also, a creative process and I think drums yeah. kind of like open this you know part of your mind that everyday life kind of dulls
1: so, yeah and especially creating music like my own music or if I'm jamming with uh like any band that I'm in or friends but it does enhance the experience. And so what I found of what what I've like tried, so I've tried like a lot of drugs with like playing music versus being behind the computer, editing, mixing, whatever. Uh, yeah, so playing music on a stage and then playing music on a couch or just like with some friends. Uh, I found that I like to do audio wise, When I'm mixing music, I like to be uh, stoned, Um, like smoke a lot of weed because most my old band, Little Comfy, all of that album was mixed very, very stoned. I like that. (laughs) You can tell
0: when you listen to it; it has like some very chill psychedelic vibes.
1: Yeah, and not only because like that's what the music is, but some of the shit that like I mixed into it or created um like this one one of the songs transcendence at the very end there's like a minute long like instrumental fade out that didn't exist and that only happened because I hotboxed my studio at the time and was trying to like Snapchat it and I was scrolling through like the filters and put the rewind on it and it sounded really fucking dope and I was like holy shit this Could be like a cool outro. So took some parts of the song, reversed them, blended it with the ending of the song. And that's what came out of it is this really cool, chill, psychedelic vibe because I was really, really stoned. (laughs) Um, So yeah, mixing wise, stoned. I've also, behind the board, when I'm doing my own music, um, which is rare, but I recently found that I like to do acid while doing that um not I don't think I can mix on acid but just creating audio ideas and making like recording music um acid has been fun Mm -hmm. uh I even worked the first time this like two weeks ago uh I decided to take acid during my work shift and that (laughs) was a fucking trip oh my god (laughs) It went well, but I was just like, this is a first. I probably could do it again, but probably not. Um, that's
0: interesting because I can't fucking look at my phone or like anything electronic. Oh, that's if why I'm, I
1: was just like this the whole time. I was I'm like, in that okay. space. I'm like, <laughs> things oh, are moving.
0: Yeah.
1: Things <laughs> are moving. The icons
0: are like dancing and like, what?
1: I think if I, like if I was in video... That it would have been so much harder, but because audio, it was just like, yeah, staring at the screen, shit was moving, but ultimately it was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, didn't get any like feedback from my manager being like, Yo, you posted this clip and it like cut off like (laughs) halfway.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: so yeah, that went well. So what about when
0: you're playing on stage? Like, what do you
1: So I've been through a mixture of drugs. You've done a lot of iterations. Yeah. (laughs) To see what works well. Um, and especially when I first started playing music on stage, when I moved to Portland, um, that was when, I mean, my body took drugs way differently. Like I would, Birch Bay, (laughs) (laughs) doing that many drugs together back to back and just like mixing like shrooms and acid with a little bit of Molly, and then like a couple lines of Coke. <laughs> like my body is not like that anymore. But when it was,
0: when you're young, you can do so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, and
0: wild. I children. mean,
1: <laughs> I didn't do that. I've never tried that mixture on stage. But I first thought I could. I first tried being high on stage, and that was going well before my body could not take weed anymore. Um, and so I moved on to, cause I never would have a drink on stage. I started doing that because that would help calm my nerves. The weed was supposed to calm my nerves, but instead I'm like, okay, I'm on stage. There are people looking at me. I can pretend that I'm just jamming with friends, but there were times where I would miss like a cue or <laughs> I'm in too early. And so yeah. I was like, all right, that's not good. Um, and so, uh, me and a bandmate started doing, um, like, one of the shows we did, we did a couple lines and had a beer and, like, smoked a cig right before. The
0: perfect combo. That sounds like a cocktail for, like, productivity.
1: <laughs> right? It was not. <laughs> well, one, I, I think mostly because the band we were playing with at that time was Pacific trio before I was in the band and my ex's parents were there. And so I think like, I thought it was going to chill me out, but I, we, me and my bud came back inside and I was like trying to drink my beer and I was just like, Oh fuck, <laughs> this is Dude. not, I'm more nervous than ever now. <laughs> um, and so now currently what, we i do is uh i'll have a drink maybe take like one hit of a vape just a little just a little high buzz but mostly drink and then um after the show immediately do like a couple bumps (laughs) just because that with um my friend that's your little Uh, like
0: pat on the back like good job yeah we did it It was like now now, time to party (laughs) Yeah, you can freak out yeah we were yeah loose
1: (laughs) and so that's that's my current uh mixture of drugs well when it comes to playing music on stage so
0: how did like you don't you don't like doing shit sober or is it like less creative for you if you're fucking stone cold sober sally Recording
1: not, or mixing? I mean, no, for like, I mean, I can do stuff.
0: Are you high sober. right now?
1: <laughs> no. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did take a hit like two, three hours ago, but okay. it was only CBD. So it's like, I'm not high. Um Well, you're
0: practically sober. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm practically sober, but <laughs> I do like play music and like sometimes I'll mix sober um but just because yeah some of the best creativity and content that I have like all of the songs I've ever written have there maybe one or two I've came up with while sober but then the next time I revisit it and try to actually make it a song it really comes to life if I'm stoned and just very creative and just like listen and think differently versus when I'm sober, I feel like I try to push things when I'm creating music on my own. Um, And so, but yeah, I can do things sober. I just prefer most of the time it being under something just because it's, art is very creative and I feel like I can be very more creative under the influence.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For real. Um, I think one of my buddies was talking about, Jordan Peele wrote the movie Get Out and he has this quote about how he needed to be high to write the movie, but then he needed to be sober to finish it. Cause there's this weird, like, you know, we both know when you're stoned, your creativity is turned on, yeah, but your complacency is also turned on. And so I, I know that I used to have a fuck ton of unfinished paintings cause I would be like yeah. in the zone and I would, you know, get going and then like I would hit a wall you know, something else would come up and I would, you know, ADHD and weed combo. So now that I'm sober, I like finish things. Um, Yeah. Have you found that you need to be sober to like finish it, you know, to like push the, push the button and and say bye to it as a project?
1: In terms of like mixing music, I will, when I start mixing, I will, i say like 60% of it, what I do is mixed uh, like me high or maybe like 50% because when it comes to volume automation of like making sure the voice sounds perfect throughout the song on, over the instruments, mm-hmm. that can t- can be a little iffy while under the influence just because that's not really cru- – it is a little bit creative, but it's more of like you need to hear and like be – in the zone for this very intricate and detailed part of mixing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I will start mixing with just being stoned, but when it comes to the final parts of mixing, when it's, like, 70% done, I have to be sober for that. Like, Jordan Peele, like, the creativity first and then basically go back into it sober to see, like, what was created. Some parts are creative, some parts sound like shit. Mm -hmm. So
0: yeah well you guys are in for a fucking treat because miss layakin is going to be playing us a song today to end this beautiful episode where we have touched on many things and topics uh we got a little therapy session going for a second (laughs) we gave you some career advice like talked about fucking the creative process and doing a little bit of drugs
1: so Christ when's the last time we did drugs together because you still do you just don't smoke weed but you will do like acid
0: uh I mean I haven't in like at least a year or two I think the last time I fucked with anything I like took some shrooms and I just it, it was supposed to be a microdose situation and I just felt nothing um in some ways I'm kind of like good because I mean you have to understand like I was so disassociated from like myself for so many years like being high was my normal that like when I got sober you know I still drink sometimes but when I got sober I was like it it had the the novelty of when you first start smoking weed and you're like being high is so weird like I was like yeah sober is so weird (laughs) experiencing all these things so yeah, no, I'd be down. Like, our don't worry. Our days are not over. We'll still party, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like, mm, the zeitgeist right now in the world is a little bit anxious and I want to like do it in like a positive environment with Yeah,
1: that's what I was about times. to say is just that because you don't I'm lucky enough even though I live on my own, my bubble is my friend, my close friends here that live in a house together. Yeah. So because we're usually the five sometimes seven of us are together um we're like able we'll be like okay we're gonna drop some acid tonight and have like pretend feel like it's a whole (laughs) thing let's
0: pretend like it's 2018
1: (laughs) oh yeah totally that's what we do but like versus like you have a roommate and your bubble's probably like your bubble's small but no one is it's all like external bubbles my bubble is random so, yeah
0: I wish that yeah. I had like a, a you know one point of contact where like literally all my friends lived and we could just go there and hang out in the bubble and I had a COVID test within 24 hours or whatever and
1: yeah and I bet yeah. you would do more then but like like I said the benefits of this pandemic it is just feels really... good
0: to be like yourself you know like yeah yeah. I mean, dude, it, it reached a point where I would like do a line and I would immediately feel fucking nervous. Like my palms would start sweating. I was not having fun. I had a stomach really? I was stressed. Like, and like, it's just, um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk more about it in a solo episode sometime soon, but like we for the longest time was my antidote to anything. Like, I mean, being, yeah. being fucked you, up was my I antidote. never
1: saw you without your bong bag. No, and I literally Everyone, like- <laughs> her bong bag was like this big. Cause her bong was this big.
0: I specifically <laughs> had to go to Venice Beach walk to a smoke shop and get this bag that like everybody thought it looked like a sleeping bag because it had like a <laughs> on the side and like you know like an arm strap. And no, it was like a. T- people would ask me like, "Oh, is that a blanket and a pillow combo for camping, or is that a sleeping bag?" And I'm like, mm-hmm, "No, because I can like pop the top out of you know, yeah, the you would just bag." And I just like this is how I smoke in public and. Before I got that bag, I just used to carry around my nice-ass glass bong in, like, a Trader Joe's bag wrapped in a towel. Like, I was, like, a ghetto bitch.
1: Oh, and also, like, because that was just the bag for the bong, but sometimes you would have, like... A purse and a backpack so you would just be like we'd just be mobbing around seattle just hanging out and you would just, have just everything <laughs> i was practically
0: homeless yeah no like i had like my smoke mobile like you know like all my fucking supplies like in a bag inside the bong bag ready to go in my car on my person like i i didn't feel you comfortable did. going places without it
1: I think the only place I saw you not go without it was when we went to the Mariners game on my birthday.
0: Well, that's because I couldn't bring it in.
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only place. It was
0: literally a safety blanket. Um, And so, but it it just reached this point where I abused weed for like, I think I smoked every day, dude, For for seven years. And I also smoked tobacco. I married my weed to my tobacco. So I don't want to smoke like cigarettes because I needed weed. I didn't didn't want to smoke weed by itself. I needed a spliff. And ultimately, like when the quarantine, like pandemic happened, it was causing me so much anxiety. It's like, I talked to my doctor about it and he said, it's true. You know, if you abuse a substance for long enough, it actually can start having the opposite effect that it's supposed to. You know, weed like used to relax me and it reached this point where like, I would smoke a bowl and I immediately like, I'd be fine one moment. And the second I got high, dude, I was ruminating on the past. I was worrying about the future. I was freaked out about things that I have never freaked out about. And just an existential crisis every time. What am I doing in life? Where am I going? Like, what's the point? Should I even keep trying at this or that? Like, I can't believe I said that one thing five years ago. That was so embarrassing. And I was just putting myself through a fucking ringer for nothing, you know. You're not going to get a gold star at the end of life for having thought so deeply about your mistakes. And there's just no reward for brooding. Brooding makes you miserable. And I was doing that a lot. And so...
1: Because that, that you thought that you need, like you could be, do weed, but no, like, yeah, even I stopped smoking THC because it's not the same. Like yeah. I would be like you, except with just a vape, but I would carry yeah. my vape everywhere and go oh to God, like clubs and bars everywhere. yeah, all the time and could function and talk to people and not feel like I wanted to hide in my apartment. But now it's just like,
0: Dude, no. I think we're all going through that. Like, if you started smoking weed when you were like, say, fifteen to twenty, and you're now in your late twenties, you got late thirties. You gotta stop. We're reaching this point where it's like it wasn't what it was.
1: Yeah, it really wasn't.
0: It's like, you, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I still hold on to the idea of weed. I'm like, oh, it's so relaxing, you know. And then I think about like, no, in theory it's relaxing, but in practice, it actually makes everything worse for me. And since mm-hmm. quitting, you know, I make more eye contact. I'm a better listener. I have more enriching interactions. You have interactions a fucking podcast. Others, oh my God. I would have never started this podcast if no. I was smoking weed because I was so okay with mediocrity. And I was okay, like thinking about having a podcast was satisfying enough. And then when I stopped, I was like, why the fuck haven't I started that yet? Like I'm being a lazy bitch and I, this yeah. is not who I am. So same with you and music, like- you're still going by weekend vacation? Is that like no. the name? Oh, okay. No. So you're just Courtney no longer. Leoken.
1: I mean, I don't have a name just because okay. like-
0: If you're listening, like- her name used to be weekend vacation. She has one song on Spotify. <laughs> if you're interested in hearing Courtney's music. Also, I just want to say her other song on Spotify, which- oh my no. God, first- no. no, I have to tell them. The first time I heard this song, Courtney wrote for her ex, whatever- it's called Lil Yam. It stands for love is like you and me. I fucking- I sound
1: so little. I teared
0: the fuck up. That song needs to be- I know you in did. It, it used to be in an indie movie. It's amazing and I love it. And it's like, it should play at that part in the movie where there's like, you know, the characters get in a fight and there's this montage of self-reflection on either end and they're thinking about each other and they're like going through the motions of life. And it's like that song plays right before they realize they want to be together at the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean it does sound like that, but like me now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, listen to that, and um,
1: Courtney please is going to please don't.
0: <laughs> I say do it. It's amazing, and I love it, and still on my like list, and I listen to it periodically and think about the Thanks. good times. Um, yeah. But um, so Court is going to get her guitar.
1: Yeah, it's right here, I and have play to
0: tune play us a uh, a little tune to end this. Wonderful podcast. Thanks for being on, man. You're the tick. Hey, thanks for
1: having me. I love
0: you so much. Tell us about the song. What's it called?
1: Okay. I don't have a name for it. Um, but I wrote it. Uh it was the first and only song I wrote in 2020. Maybe you should do an
0: Instagram poll asking people what you should name the song. Well,
1: I- what okay? After I play it, and if you have any suggestions, let me know because currently in like, like my notes, it's just titled "song," <laughs> um, just because yeah, I haven't re- thought of a name because there really is no chorus or like phrase that is repeated. I mean, it usually that's how I think of a name for a song, but yeah, I wrote this. I think in November maybe. So this is a post
0: breakup um, song.
1: Yeah, it was a post breakup song and uh and you can really get inspired by a breakup. Uh so true. and like I said I I hadn't written any songs all of 2020 until this breakup and you could say maybe because I wasn't Inspired by you know the world uh and then a lot of emotions came out <laughs> when writing this song uh so yeah it's about my ex and it's probably one of my favorite songs I've written um just because I mean I don't know like I have a lot of songs but this one currently is my favorite one to play uh, So yeah it's it's a little sad breakup song
0: all right guys very special treat we have here at the end of this little podcast big podcast uh pretty big (laughs) pretty big (laughs) Courtney (laughs) leochen is playing us her breakup tune her pandy breakup tune yeah stoked have at it girl
1: okay i'm gonna take out my headphones so yeah Justin a show flowers.
0: Felt that that was such a beautiful breaking <laughs> tune.
1: Ah. Thank you. <laughs> ah. Better than Liliam.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I love Liliam though. But no, that song. Um, what about if you just called it "Remnants of You"? That's a very breakup esque lyric in your song. Yeah.
1: What, what about "Remnants"? I feel like "Remnants of You" just because, like Liliam, "Love Is Like You and Me" was such a long name.
0: <laughs> but and the I acronym like, is fun
1: The acronym is fun R-O-U Rue, mm, Not as fun But I do Remnants like
0: Remnants of you R-O-Y You call it Roy Remnants of you
1: Yeah Roy <laughs> Who's Roy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well my other song suggestion for that Is um, Come Around But I don't think you want her to come around I don't I just heard that in the song
1: yeah, I mean, this was, like, I wrote this right after yeah. the breakup. I mean, not right after, but, like, when I was able to, like, write or play a song about her. Yeah. Um. And so very much, like you said earlier, like, we try to make it work. And so at this time, I was like, yeah, we're going to work. And honestly, maybe, I think, in five years or something, like, if we – are both single and we're both in a better place independently, then maybe it will like maybe we, we will come around. That I so I guess it's a little. I do still feel for that lyric, but right now, no, no, no,
0: yeah, no. I think this. I think this song's called Roy. Remnants of You. Okay. It's also funny because you're gay, so it's like who's Roy, and you're like no.
1: I should yeah. I'll just do R. I'll make it the acronym R period O period Y. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then actually that's a hella funny idea. That's hella funny. Of, that is, thank you, <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> Uh, You're welcome. Well, dude, thanks so fucking much for being on. I hope we inspired thank people you. to go into audio engineering if they're women and they were feeling, you know, like they couldn't do it. And yeah. I hope we inspired other people who have been ghosted in the pandemic or going through a-
1: Pandemic ghosting. Should we- like coin that
0: (laughs) go go make the wikipedia right now we have to it's a thing tell buzzfeed i don't know like it's you heard it here first folks pandemic ghosting is a thing and yeah i just maybe we gave people going through a pandy breakup some hope maybe we gave people who are like i don't know if i should stop smoking weed you know the like push that they need this is a good ass episode and i love you man (laughs)
1: love you too dude yeah. Hope to see you soon.
0: Yeah, thanks for being on, and I definitely will see you soon.
1: Okay. All
0: right. Love you. Yeah,
1: love you too. Bye.
0: Bye.